saints are ordinary slobs like us who do some really crazy stuff. Take James the Apostle, for instance. Sometimes he's called James the Greater. That's not because he racked up a showy list of accomplishments. There were two other Jameses among Jesus' followers. One was Jesus' brother. The other was Alphaeus' boy. Being named James was sort of like being called Bubba at a Southern family reunion. So we call one of them Big Bubba, just to keep them straight. In the Gospels, James frequently comes as part of a matched set. Jesus calls him and his brother John to follow him while they're both working on Daddy's boat. Jesus gave the pair a telling nickname, Sons of Thunder. Luke tells a story that might explain why that's so. A Samaritan village rebuffed Jesus. The rejection deeply offended these brothers. They were ready to go nuclear. They asked Jesus, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Not coincidentally, their overreaction follows Jesus' clear teaching about how to handle rejection and disagreement. Before sending the twelve out on a mission of their own, Jesus had said, wherever they do not welcome you, as you are leaving that town, shake the dust from your feet. In other words, no nukes, just move on. Matthew tells another awkward story about the pair. Their mother, Salome, asks Jesus to make her sons his chief lieutenants. To give them authority and status above the rest of the twelve. As you might imagine, Salome's pitch for her boys did not really sit well with the other ten apostles. The story appears in different form in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Matthew has put the request in Salome's mouth. James and John look a little like the helpless victim of a tiger mother. Mom was overly ambitious, but it wasn't their fault. Luke treats the disciples with polite discretion. He doesn't name names. In his gospel, we hear only that a dispute had arisen. It sort of reads like mistakes were made, right? To get an honest picture, you really have to go back and remember that Matthew and Luke got this story from the earliest gospel, from Mark. And Mark is blunt. 
James and John tried to elbow their way to the top with Jesus. It's all on them. And given the context, their ambition is especially crass. Jesus has just foretold his torture, death, and resurrection. James and John have utterly missed the point. Following Jesus has nothing to do with personal advancement. Jesus is a servant. He devotes his life to the healing of the world. That's what it means to take up the cross not only for Jesus, but for all of Jesus' followers too. James was hot-headed, passionate, ambitious, and a little slow on the uptake. If you're looking for a Bible hero, a nice, clean-cut person who looks especially good in stained glass, it would be better to look elsewhere. In fact, aside from Jesus, the Bible doesn't usually feature stained glass heroes. Most biblical characters could use a little extra swipe of moral antiperspirant, maybe just a bit of spiritual mouthwash. The Bible's stories portray flawed, brilliant, clumsy, compassionate, self-absorbed, courageous people. God gets all mixed up with these characters. And as a result, the world gets turned topsy-turvy in a good but unsettling way. That's what makes their story worth telling. And that's what makes James an apostle. An apostle is somebody sent by God. That's what the Greek word means really. The sent one. James was sent by God into the world to participate in God's healing of the world. Tradition tells us that James went as far as Spain to serve the world's wounded and lonely, the sick and the friendless, the oppressed and the forgotten. In the Acts of the Apostles, we learn that Herod Agrippa put James to death. His ministry was brief. He was the first of the twelve to be martyred. We celebrate a feast day to remember St. James. We name him as patron to congregations like this one. He has this place in our common life in part because he assures us that we are sent people. It can be difficult to believe that people like us are sent into the world by the maker of all things. 
it would seem that God could find somebody without the flaws and shortcomings, right? Maybe with better skills and flashier looks. Maybe less anxiety or self-doubt. But you know, one look at James, and we remember that we are just the sort that God sends. And considering what we're sent to do, we frequently need encouragement to take even the smallest steps. We are sent to heal the wounded, to defend the weak, and to nurture the languishing. We are sent to forget ourselves and to remember our neighbors. We are sent to announce God's favor to the poor and to the grief-stricken by standing in solidarity with them. We are sent to insist on God's justice for the oppressed and the marginalized. We are sent as sheep among wolves. Weakness is our paradoxical power. Love is our sole weapon. Peace is our goal. To a world that habitually puts its trust in political intimidation, financial coercion, and military violence, our approach seems ineffectual and naive. But really, once you've bought the idea that God became flesh and that a crucified man was raised from the dead, you're probably ready to believe some pretty wild stuff. The hard part, the hard part is to act like it. And maybe that's the main reason we take a day to remember saints like James. Seeing, seeing ordinary slobs like us act like they believe the gospel might just get us to act like it too. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.